Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 on two beds pushed together here in 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iscove. And with us today is our favorite guest, no guest! <laughs> and his favorite guest. Love it! I get to really this... let my freak flag fly. <laughs> Especially for this movie. Oh. I am... Um... You know, it's funny. We, we've talked this. I mean, listen, we've talked about a lot of these movies for a long time. As we get to the end of our run, um, these movies are movies that have been on the list for the longest amount of time, right? Like, that's just that's kind of right. how it is. And this is a film that uh, I remember seeing in 99 relatively vaguely. Um, how did you see this? What, what's the story of that? Like, I, I honestly saw it because I worked at a video store. And, and it was a movie that um got a little bit i think that what's interesting about this film and the itch that this film scratches for 99 i think is a somewhat compelling one which is that it's an independent movie made for you know uh half a million dollars um from uh um made for for half a million dollars and uh you know, by two brothers, the Polish brothers, Mark and forgive me, Michael, Michael, um, and uh, kind of made a splash, I believe, in the sort of Sundancey independent, you know, uh, 
film festival circuit, what have you. And it, it comes out, I'm in my first year of film school. And you mentioned this, you texted me this, Kenny, that like, I think you'll like this movie. Um, it, and, and I do think that, um, we're going to hit pause for a sec here, Will. Not leaving, not leaving. You know, I just have to let my dog in and out, sorry. Okay. Um, this movie does sort of did, maybe still does, kind of speak to me on a uh, aesthetic level, on a thematic level, you know, in terms of it being sort of this odd... I don't want to say freaky, but like there is kind of, you know, Siamese twins is its own thing. Um, So I was compelled to watch it because of its subject matter. And, um, and I remember thinking that it looked really cool. um, And that Michelle Hicks is beautiful. These are the things that jumped out at me when I saw it in 99. And I certainly didn't hate it, but I, I don't think that it kind of made a huge impression on me. I did watch North Folk years later when they put out the Polish brothers put out their second film. Um, I think that was a third actually, or maybe it was a third. Um, And I remember thinking, I don't know that there's a lot here. Like, I don't know that if these guys are actually, you know, uh, if there's going to be a long career here. And I don't mean that in a shitty way. Um, Seems like you were right. (laughs) They, they just kind of, there's a vibe and I don't know that there's much more than a vibe um, to sort of what they're going for. Um, it's kind of Lynchian. It's kind of quirky. Um, and rewatching this film the other day, um, I went on kind of an emotional journey with the movie. And by the end of it, really kind of came around on it a lot more than I did in the beginning. Um, but what was your sort of 30,000 feet impression of the movie? Uh, well, my 30,000 feet impression of the movie was I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, I think it's a beautiful film, a brilliant film. It's not ex- exploitative in a way that yes. would have made me uncomfortable. Totally. Um, it's sensitive. And, uh, you know, I think, I think what's interesting about the Lynchian vibes is there, yeah. it, it does feel like you're walking into a Lynchian world in the beginning. Mm-hmm. until you meet them and then it kind of stops i totally you know um and then it kind of then, then, then it kind of goes then it kind of is it, it's almost like and i i i, I want to galaxy brain this a little bit and be like that's on purpose you know there is this like you know this thing that like oh no this is these these people aren't excuse me freaks these people mm-hmm. are people mm-hmm. you know the, these people don't exist just to like you know, put you normies into some uncomfortable situation. And they're also not being, you know, exploited the way like, you know, I would say like Rocky Dennis is in, in, uh, in mask, which feels, you know, like, or, or Todd Browning's freaks to some degree or another, which is its own thing, you know, which is its own thing. And, and 1930, it's a like different Different, kind of idea. But I mean, Todd Browning's Freaks is probably, in a sense, the spiritual ancestor of this because that movie is about giving those people some agency and, you know, showing that they're more than turning them into monsters a little bit at the end. (laughs) But you know, deserves it (laughs) a little bit. bit. She's terrible. Kill her. I think that there's something. 
I do think there's something I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that this movie is very tender um, about its characters, uh, which is incredibly important. Um, I, I think that, you know, at the end of this film, I found myself thinking like what the Polish brothers version of geek love would be the Catherine Dunn book, mm-hmm. uh, which is a tremendous book, a dark fucked up book about carnies um, that, that, um, I think they do an interesting job with. Like, I, I think Geek Love is one of those books that everyone kind of, Tim Burton had the rights to for a million years and just didn't kind of figure it out. Tell me a little bit about Geek Love. I don't know about Geek Love. It's basically about this, this couple that essentially does kind of, uh, I guess, perverse things in order to have children that are uh, mutated in some form or another in order to sort of populate this carnival. Ooh, um, interesting. It's it's a it's a really really um, it's a really dark book. Um, you know, you look at Nightmare Alley. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but like oh, yeah. seeing what Del Toro did with the whole Carney world there again, very lovingly done, but also kind of done in that kind of look at how twisted and weird this world is sort of way. Um, I appreciated that this movie, first of all, that that's a grace note that these that these twins were even in that universe and that yeah. it's done at the end as opposed to us sort of getting the in, know, in in a different kind of way they weren't totally gawk, they weren't gawk at these freaks it is like these guys are like really right. talented but they right. it wasn't even that they were talented it was that they, they're like they had they they just did some like what the the scene where they play the guitar is like yeah remarkable because they just did something that just felt so pure and yes like the the shitty version of this movie there's like a poster for their act in the hotel room you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and like there's there's some sort of an allusion to to that before we even get to it at the very end of the movie um i i I appreciated that this movie is small that this movie is intimate to some degree that's that's demanded by its budget but still i think that like this movie it's this movie is a bit of a high wire act in a way that that's um, I respect that they even tried to do it. I, I, I you know, I agree. I, 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 this is one of those movies. This is a one in a, one in a hundred movie where a lot of people have ideas like this. Mm-hmm. And if you fuck it up, yep. you're done. Like you're just, you're done. No one's going to talk to you anymore. And the, the, the performance of the two Polish brothers, mm-hmm it's remarkable it is like it they actually feel like a joined mm-hmm. conjoined twins yeah in it, you know just the the and i you know i have twins i know what i know like the relationship that twins have with each other is different my twins you know have a familiarity and a comfort level with each other that i have never had with anybody right like including my wife it's like it's just a different thing you know it's well, they, like they shared uh, you know, yeah chromosomes. they've always been together right like my i have a sister who's two years younger than me and it's nowhere near the bond that that they have just in terms of like the comfort level like the, mm-hmm. the just ease the, the the way they prefer to be in the same room doing nothing Versus being in their own rooms, doing nothing. Yep. That's a very interesting, unique thing, I think, for boy, boy and girl. Okay, so 
I, I understand how these two twins, real life twins, Mark and Michael, are able to give this performance, but I think it is kind of shocking to actually see it happen in real life the way that Francis, who's the sicker of the two Siamese twins, there's Blake and Francis, and Blake is kind of the healthy one who has the stronger heart, and Francis is the weaker one who is essentially being kept alive by Blake's ability to punch, to, to um, push blood through, through both of their bodies. Francis spends most of the movie with his head on Blake's shoulder, yep. right? And his like mouth up against Blake's neck. Uh, that is not something that I think a lot of actors would even understand how to yep. play. Yep. You know, we because you've seen conjoined twins in movies and Burton movies and things like that, and they usually stand upright. And you know, there's this like Tweedledee and Tweedledum aspect to them, but that's that that the the fact is there are so few conjoined twins who live to adulthood in human history, there really isn't much of a understanding of how it would go. But mm-hmm. after seeing this, I couldn't imagine anything else. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, we've seen conjoined twins stuff before. Um, and it's, it is, it's really tough. This is a hard, I mean, to your point, I feel like if I'm not emotionally engaged in the two of them, it feels like, you know, shock for the sake of shock, right? It feels like just, uh, uh, you know, a plot device. And to their uh, credit, they are, it's really beautiful and sad. And what they're able to convey just with body language is, is pretty unreal. Um, And, and, you know, it's, you said it really well uh, about the beginning, which is you, you come into this film, um, you know, we meet Penny um, and she's a prostitute in the back of a cab. She's been called to this hotel room in this seedy hotel that feels very Lynchian, Barton Fink-esque of just sort of this very kind of I, weird I did have hotel. that like, I did have that like twinge of like, what if the Coens did this movie? You know? Right, right. Um, she knocks on the door. I, I also, it needs to be said that, you know, this is uh, Michelle Hicks' first film. She's never acted before. She's a model up until this point. And this is not an easy role. Um, th- like this movie is, is a, a lot of it's on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I would argue. It's, it's I don't her story. Know, yeah. And I don't know that she's totally up to the task for the first little bit of the film. I don't know if they shot it chronologically or not, but she gets much stronger as the film progresses. I agree with you. Um, so up top, I remember as I watched it yesterday, I was like, I don't know. Some of this is feeling leaden. Her dialogue is just not really flowing. Um, a lot of this is just on her aesthetic, which is, I mean, she is a very attractive not woman. Not a lot also of people just look like, like her. No one looks like her. She's got this very kind of gothic, you know, crazy dark, huge eyeliner around her eyes and just like mm-hmm. is very sort of arresting to look at yeah dark hair um, blue eyes you just don't yeah. see it very often yeah and she's just really really striking i mean yeah you know, as i said to you she was in the shield and yeah uh having seen her in the shield and kind of understanding her acting style it wasn't so jarring for me this right. is kind of who she is but yeah it's 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 very um 
it, yeah, and and the first impression you get of the of uh, Blake and and um, Francis is not what you expect. To your point, right? Like there is a version yeah. of this movie that continues on the road it's on from the beginning, right? Where it's where it's like. Siamese twins living in a creepy hotel and like really sort of dialing all of that up. And instead it's, it's a pretty compassionate character piece about, um, you know, literal emotional, you know, attachment. Um, It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm going to, I'm just, there's a very brief synopsis on, on Google that said a kind hearted woman falls in love with a man who's physically joined to his dying twin brother. And she begins to take care of both of them. I mean, that is the synopsis, I guess. Uh, this movie opened on June 30th, 1999 against Runaway Bride, Blair Witch, Deep Blue Sea, and The Haunting. Uh, as I mentioned, it had a budget of $500,000. It went on to make a little over a million, um, which, you know, is impressive, mm-hmm. um, all things considered. It's got 78% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 84 from audiences. Um, I'm going to read Roger Ebert gave it a four-star review. He said, um, it is one of those films not much interested in plot, but it's fascinated by what it's like to be somebody or to somebody's. The movie doesn't depend on special effects to create a shared body and instead uses the performances. Mark and Michael Polish seem constantly to be confiding in each other. Indeed, when you spend your life within inches of another person's ear, you learn to murmur. You can imagine, we can imagine their lifetime of isolation from the normal things people do. And there's a heartbreaking dream shot towards the end of the film, just showing two boys riding bikes bicycles i have a special feeling for movies that want to forget about plot and conflict and spend their time instead in regarding particular lives like pie or happiness this film is a meditation on the situation of its characters there's no payoff no answer no solution no resolution because how can there be who are uh, you are who you are life either goes on or it doesn't the key bond in the film seems to be between the brothers but then we realize their bond is given not chosen and doesn't seem to uh, and doesn't mean as much as the bond between the two of them and penny her business is to minister to the lonely and the needy and these two boys make her feel so helpless that her own solitude is exposed in its quiet dark claustrophobic way this is one of the best films of the year um yeah that's 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 one of those reviews that remind you why this guy was the best right that's yeah. like that. And, and it's funny because I kept, I did read that review and mm-hmm. the movie I kept thinking of, of all films that uh, this reminded me of was breaking the waves. And part yes. of that might yes. be because I watched it, you know, it's really only available. It's available on YouTube yes. or and was crackle. it available on like crackle. crackle, of course, crackle chicken, chicken soup for the soul media loves the Polish brothers, but uh, it's available. Did you watch it on a crackle? I did. How was the transfer on Crackle? It was actually great. It was better oh. than the YouTube one. I could the YouTube I one was YouTube. was shit. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and so maybe it was because I watched it on Crackle. Because Breaking the Waves kind of has like a a to me just a a memorably horrible grainy look to it. What's it shot on video? Which right? Which I Except think for is these gorgeous chapter photo uh chapter shots yes where Lars von Trier basically is saying see I can make it look pretty I'm choosing not to so it so and and I don't know if this was shot on video though I'm sure it wasn't and it also it also doesn't behoove this movie to do that anyway that being said yeah breaking the ways is largely about a person ministering to a person in bed 
and it's true that movie's it's a hard movie man and trying to uh figure out how to help this person through their last moments more or less and uh breaking the waves was a sensation um a kind of pre-indie boom yes. boom yes. sensation right the yes. boom happened i think what year in, is breaking the waves i'm just looking i think it's Sorry. 94 i think it is too and i and i would say the real boom was 96, 96. it's 96 it was oh so it was 96 so it was right in that all right so it was right in that pocket with uh you know secrets and lies and shine and fargo and all that things when when everyone decided the you know the good movies are indie movies i think <laughs> that's that for right <laughs> <laughs> i think if this movie was made in the mid 90s it would have been a sensation and i think in the late 90s after the indie movement had kind of matured to the point where, you know, you're getting real money, you're getting, you know, big, big stars in this movie yeah. being John Malkovich is an indie movie. Uh, it kind of got lost. It was too small for 1999. Um, I, I fully agree. Yeah. I also think that the, you know, I, 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 have you seen North Fork by any chance? No, North Fork, but not North Fork. Yes. I literally have the DVD sitting on. Oh, the you shelf. do? Yeah. You can borrow it. Well, we'll um, do a trade when I give you breakfast champions. Breakfast champions. Um, I genuinely, I'd like to rewatch that movie because I remember watching it because again, like this movie had buzz around it, right? Like it didn't totally blow up, but like there was a buzziness around these guys as to like what's possible, right? Like again, mm-hmm. similar to a pie, which was so low budget. And everyone was kind of like, wait a second, what's this guy's deal? And then he does Requiem and obviously, you know, Aronofsky has this huge career. Yes, yes. yes, And I think there was a little bit of like, could these guys be like that? So they got some real money with North Fork and a a solid cast and just ultimately made a movie that's just sort of just doesn't really exist. And unfortunately, that was just sort of, you know, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Pi. Yes is going to get noticed at any time because yeah. it's so different from what everyone else yeah. is doing. And it doesn't matter that it costs, yeah, it doesn't matter that it costs $80,000 or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like Blair Witch. It's like some of yeah. these movies, you know, are just very loud, but this movie is very quiet and you really have to be in the mood for it. And by 1999, and we know better than anyone, yeah. they don't, they, we, they don't have movies like this. No. This just, the, the indie movement had just matured or evolved past the $500,000 film. So it's just, it just kind of got lost. And these guys in the process got lost. Now, I mean, they, so they made this, another movie. I can't remember what it is. Should look it up. Then um, this can't be that hard. I will look it up for you. So they made this, uh, a movie called Jackpot. The movie called The Good Thief. So North Fork was their fourth movie. Wait, The Good Thief was? Did they were they in The Good Thief? Oh no 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 no, Mark. No, you're right. You're right. They're actors in that. So they made yeah. this. Jackpot is director. Michael directed that, and yeah. they wrote the Jackpot together. Yeah. Um, which actually seems great. John Grease, who who is in this movie briefly, uh, plays Who's great a, in, the, in his like one scene is great. In this yeah, movie. who play, plays a uh, like kind of a a karaoke singer who's not very good who goes from 
bar to bar. I want to watch yeah. that. Uh, then they got their chance after North Fork with, of all movies, uh, The Astronaut Farmer. Oh, right. And The Astronaut Farmer is in that again? Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, right. um, Billy Bob Thornton, Virginia Madsen, uh, yeah, and I remember this uh, Bruce Dern, <clears throat> and Tim Blake Nelson. And it's a $13 million movie. And, you know, let's see, it didn't particularly do, t- yeah, I'm, it didn't I'm do it up. terribly with critics, and it didn't do it terribly. Bomb. It didn't bomb. But it didn't make a lot of money either. It, yeah. it, it just kind of feels like it almost feels like it was a half measure where yeah. first of all, the astronaut farmer, I can't think of a fucking less, less exciting studio movie possible. Yeah. Right? A, a movie that I want to, would want to watch less. I, I couldn't imagine. And it, for I don't those know, who it's, don't know, it's about a Texas rancher who attempts to construct a rocket in his barn and launch himself into outer space. That's right. The astronaut farmer. Yeah. It's um, a very a literal title. Yes, uh, <laughs> the most literal title. Yeah, it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's like the snakes on a plane. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's tired of these astronaut farmers. Yeah. <laughs> tired of these motherfucking astronauts. Motherfucking on their farmers. motherfucking farms. Yeah. Uh, it's oh just uh, yeah. I don't know what I'm getting at. I'm getting at no, these no, guys I had think, I, these I guys had their at. chance. <laughs> They this didn't is a really big, yeah. blow it, but like yeah. also it just kind of feels like why even give them $13 million? This isn't what they need to do. Give them $13 million for one movie. I would give them $13 million and have them make 13 movies well, and then just like see what happens. Well, I first of all, I completely agree with you, but also I feel like you're absolutely right that like North Folk, North Fork, Jesus Christ, North Fork had a budget of $1.9 million. It made $1.6 million. Astronaut Farmer had a budget of $13 million. To your point, this is like, you're in the quote unquote big time now, right? Like we're giving you a lot of money. $13 and, million and dollars for a movie about a guy who tries to send himself in outer space. There is a world where that works. Truly. Truly, sure. It, there is. It's... Here's the thing. There's there is a straight line to be drawn between Twin Falls, Idaho, North Fork, and Astronaut Farmer, in the sense that thematically, aesthetically, there's a lot of sort of you know, the end of Twin Falls, Idaho, ends sort of in a very kind of dusty open spaces, what have you. There is aesthetics that I understand. The Polish brothers wrote the Astronaut Farmer, right? Like this wasn't something that they. You know, the, a, from a book, uh, though, from a book, from a book, I guess I'm what I'm getting at is on paper, I understand why these guys want to make this movie. And I understand why they thought it could be a good movie and could be a movie that kind of put them in the next echelon. But I also understand why it's the movie that didn't do that. Right. Like I'm looking at this Wikipedia page and it's like there's just there's no there there. It, it, it premieres at the Mill Valley Film Festival, which is a film festival I've never heard of. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Mill Valley Film Festival. Of course not. Of course not. I uh, might, dude, I might be wrong about that. I might not be from a book. It's based Weird. on an article about a real guy. So okay, okay, okay. Yes, okay. From, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's. I guess it's a California film festival. Long story short, you know, it just doesn't do anything. It's just a movie that doesn't really exist. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate that these guys didn't, that it didn't get there for them. Cause I do think there's something there. 
Um, what would you but, do if you were them? What would you do if you were them? If you, if you, if you, truthfully, by, by the way, meanwhile, like Michael's yeah. also married to Kate Bosworth through all of this. Yes, was so there is they're, they're no longer, but yeah. they're no longer. But there's some money in that in that household now. So some- he does. So I'm not saying he they should go put their own money up, but I am saying yeah. like he does. He's yeah. not starving. He's no. not worried anymore. So there is no. some like he probably could have like. think you you kind of hit the nail on the head which is this movie came out uh too late right had it come out a few came out too late if this movie comes out a few years earlier it's probably splashier and there's more options for them but unfortunately it comes out a little too late and the world doesn't the, the industry doesn't really know what to do with them you know paramount vantage or Paramount Classics, I think, is what puts out North Fork. So, like, there's, again, like, the indie movement's shifting and changing. It's not what it was. It's dude. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Like, we we never really talk about this, but it's it's it was as fast as this, like, the last four or five years, three, four years of streaming, where in 95, the indie movies that broke through for the most part were movies that were made for like $2 million or less. And by like 90, uh, by like 99, I really look 98 fucking Shakespeare in love is considered an independent film. Yeah. Right. And Shakespeare in love is made for about $30 million. So it's just like you have like the mirror maxification of this thing has just, you know, where Miramax is like pretending to be an indie studio, but is an actual studio owned by fucking Disney, yep. putting a lot of money into this stuff, yep. uh, has has pushed out actual indie filmmakers. And this is something that I talk about all the time. I talk about, the, and I, this is why I bitch about the Independent Spirits Award, in Spirit Awards all the time, is that there is, there is, you know, there is superhero movies, large action movies, sure. there is oscar bait and there are indie films and oscar bait is now stuff that's made for like 30 or 40 million dollars or less and indie films are movies that are made for a million dollars or less and no one ever sees them no one ever sees them they don't even acknowledge them they like one out of a hundred maybe get like any play anywhere and if that it's usually a fucking horror film on shutter and it's like the these these i i do think that there are the sean bakers of the world um, you know, yeah. where you make where you make a tangerine on on an iPhone and, and it, it turns into a thing. But to your point, they're few and far between. I do think that you know you, you're you're absolutely right. You know, you look at what the Weinstein's did, which started as acquisitions. It started as combing through film festivals, finding yeah. movies, <clears throat> distributing those films, building a brand off of that. And then they're just a studio, right? Like then they're just a studio like everybody else. And yet they still have this, you know, this extremely well funded studio. Yeah. 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 But I I do think that, you know, to answer your question as to what I, you know, what they could have done, what they should have done. What would you have done if you were? I, I mean, the problem is that ultimately, you know, TV wasn't what TV is now back then. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, there's a world where the Polish brothers, could have made a limited or could have made a, a an interesting you know streaming series or something like that the problem is there was just kind of nowhere to go and then on top of all of that i don't know that there was as much there there as we would have liked which i think is maybe the most damning thing that can be said well that, that's a, you know we we've, we've moved past even 
a world where they could make a lemonade, right? right. Or a TV right. show. Right. 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 Like, like, I mean, they could, I'm not saying they couldn't, but no one would care because right. like now limiteds are like the thing about Pam that are, you know, major fucking shows for the networks they're on made for a ton of money or Ryan Murphy stuff or et cetera, et cetera. There was like the moment where IFC put out things like, uh, what was the move? What was the IFC show that people loved? Uh, Revel, what's going on? We're such great which po- one? podcasters. Um, you know, the <laughs> no, one no, about what, the, what, I don't know which I, I, the I, IFC, I, sh- the IFC show about the guy who, who got out of jail. Oh, um, oh, Jesus. Um, oh my God. It's like one word. Yeah, it's, it's like retribution. Rectify. Rectify. So Jesus. movies like show, shows like that, that's like rectify feels very similar. Like, like I watched that season. I, I did like it too. Uh, but IFC put out stuff like that here and there. Even HBO put out stuff like that. Even stars put out stuff like that. There, there was a period where you had these smaller scale human sized TV dramas. And I would even count in some international stuff like top of the lake felt like kind of in that same vein and British stuff felt like in that same vein. But now who's excited about a Polish brothers movie? You know, like who, it's who's just, excited it's, about a Polish it's brothers just a show? bummer. I, I mean, I, I do think though, you, you, you want, you want to hear the real bummer. Sure. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Did you look up their 2020 film or Michael no. Polish's 2020 film? No. You want, you want to, you want to, you want to blow your brains out? Do I want to? What's it, uh, well, I'll just tell you about it. Yeah, I'm looking. I'd rather looking. just tell you about it. You'll enjoy it. Is this Force of Nature that you're talking about? It is Force of Nature. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm looking at the poster now. 2020 film starring Emil about- Hirsch, Kate Bosworth, and Mel Gibson. Two canceled people. Two canceled people. Uh, a bat- I mean, it looks amazing, obviously. It's about a yeah, hurricane it looks, it looks in amazing. Puerto Rico. Um, Griffin buys all the meat available at a market. I mean, like, I'm sure you it's You see great. the budget on this thing? The budget is $23 million and it made $600,000. What is this? What the fuck? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, and it holds, it holds an approval rating of 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Third, but, but... I mean, to be fair, but, it, it was stayed, released it, it, in it, 2020, so that's why it only made $600,000. That's Had true, but I don't even know year. if it was going to be released. In, in its debut weekend, it was the third most rented film on iTunes... And fifth on Fandango and now. Fifth, it fit, well, that's pretty impressive. All, all, <laughs> that means it had 12, 12 ranked. I mean, this this movie, this is, yeah, I mean, 
force There's of no. nature. When the perfect crime meets the perfect storm. I'm very into that as a tagline. Yeah, I'm not into this. Like, like, like the hurricane heist, like which I never saw, but it sounded like, yeah, so yeah. it's a great time yeah. to, to pull yeah. up a heist. But this is what this this is fucking sensitive was. genius is doing now. He's working working with bad people against the clock. The year before I'm he made divorced. a movie with he made a movie with, you know, actually wonderful people. Yeah, Diana Diana Agron, who I love. No, no, against oh. the clock was this 2000 and oh. I have to take like deep breaths when I look at this because it's so I sad. Two thousand nine, yeah. he made a movie called Against the Clock that Wikipedia doesn't even deign to give a fucking synopsis of. So I will glean what I can from the poster. It stars Diana Agron from Glee, who should have been the biggest star in the world. How she is in this, she's great in um, Shiva Baby, though. She's the best. She's Jewish. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Diana Agron, Mark Polish, Justin Bartha, and. Uh, and I can't read what it says either. Something Andy Gart. Uh, I don't know. This is as Agent Murder Face. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andy Garcia, who right. like also shouldn't be in movies like this. But yep. what else? His character's name is Detective Gerald Hotchkiss. Hotchkiss. Sure. Oh, does that totally just rolls as Gerald Hotchkiss? Yep, uh, yep, yep. Andy Garcia, and then ninety minutes in heaven. I'm looking at this too now. What are you doing, dude? A Christian drama, starring Hayden Christensen, Kate Bosworth, Dwight Yoakam. The resignation in your voice needs a Christian drama. Yeah, it, it, it is the first film by Giving Films, a sister company to the retail chain Family Christian Stores. It's a heaven movie. It's a heaven movie. I mean, it's a heaven I, movie. I, I don't know. Amnesiac. He does in in as well. Kate Bosworth in all of those movies. Uh, I think Kate Bosworth really thought that this guy was <laughs> going places. I don't know. Kate Kate Bosworth had a really weird fall from grace too. She did. What happened? So it, to her, what was what happened to her career? What do we think happened there? You know, I I don't know the answer. I met on this show. It was a oh, crackle, crackle show. show. Yeah, what it was, was it a crackle called? Show. It was called uh, the Art of the uh, Art of the Art of More. The Art of More. And it was about, uh, it was about like, it wasn't an art thief. It was like an art, it was was an art show. It was an art show. And it had, it was very weird because it was like the TV version of these movies. It had Dennis Quaid, like kind of in that lull Mm -hmm. for him. And it had Carrie Elwes also in a bit of a lull. And it had Kate Bosworth, who I was like, you shouldn't be in a crackle show. Like you're Kate Bosworth. Like you... And it, it had this like, it had this she's thing where still it's still Alice. Yeah, well, the thing about that show in that moment was like, if you put this cast on an NBC show, I completely buy it. Yeah. At that moment, right? Like yeah. these are real people. Like so, this is yeah. when I figured out what Crackle's game is, which is just overpaying for these people and not paying writers anything. Uh, as I found out intimately about two years later. <laughs> I, so can I? I just want to talk about Kip Boston for a second here because I do feel like the moment that it all kind of goes to shit for her is when they don't make a sequel to Superman Returns. I know, I know. So and I, and I really Returns liked her as Lois. And then it's 20, that movie, 21, which I heard was she, fun. She was probably my favorite part of it, by the way. Yeah, she's like, great in it. Yeah. And then she's in that movie, 21, about the kids, the college kids. That, yeah, I uh, saw that movie. It's, which uh, it was a, it's yeah. kind of a weird, you know, it's, it's not, it's weird that that movie is, uh, written and produced by the same people who did the social network. 
That is a real fucking case study of what a David Fincher brings to material. Oh, because 21, 21 is just a romp, basically. Um, A a barely competent romp, and you can see a better movie in there, right? You can see a, like, like, for whatever reason, the director or the filmmakers thought like, yeah, this is just kind of a fun movie that completely lives on the surface. When Ben Mesrick, the guy who wrote it, I think was like, for seeing crypto, for seeing edgelords, for seeing people who think they are smarter than the system and can take them. And there is like, if you remade this movie now or re- taking down the house, so I think was the bring down the house of the move was the book. Yep. If you use that as source material now, I think you could tell the story of the last 15 years as much as the social network does, because yep. there is this thing, this 21. like, I'm trying to see. Oh, it was uh, Robert Lucetic. Lucetic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Alan it's, Loeb. Yeah. It's competent, but it could have been brilliant. But then she's in the Straw Dogs remake, which I never saw with um, what's his face, James Marsden. Marsden, yeah, you don't want to be in the Straw Dogs remake, in my opinion. Yeah, and then it's nothing. It's just a bunch of just nothing. I, it just makes me sad because I like Kate Bosworth. I think she's me too. I I I, I win a date with Tad Hamilton's a fucking great movie. She's great in Blue mm. Crush. Yeah. She's like she's just she's really really charming and 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 lovely and and I don't know it all got away from her. So but, this this movie this kind of fulcrum point for both her and Michael yeah. Polish is this yeah. movie called Big Sur, which is about Jack yeah. Kerouac, and doesn't and it seemed like it was like kind of Polish's return to uh, mm-hmm. a smaller movie, a smaller. Mm-hmm. Budget. I mean, this was a seventy three minute movie when it ran at Sundance, which is like, crazy. Mm. And uh, it's based on the Kerouac book, right? Yes, yeah. it's based on Kerouac's life. Yeah, and it just didn't make have any impression. It didn't make any impression. It has forty-two on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, obviously the you know forever, the forever you know um, disclaimer that Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean everything, but it you know it does speak Means to something. something that people were not fucking enthralled by this film, and from there. It just seems like both of these people, Michael Polish and his wife, Kate Bosworth, became paycheck people, um, which is yeah. a, which is a shame. It is a shame. It, it, it's just it's it's really interesting because like you look at Twin Falls, Idaho, and this is an examination of like. This is a small movie. This is a quiet movie. All the things that you said. Right. So for a movie like this to make a splash in any real way is a testament to the fact that the movie is good. Right. Like that's that's hard to do. Um, But it's also this is obviously a prime example of like what Hollywood can do to you if you're kind of at the wrong place at the wrong time. Because it does feel like they don't know what to do with them. You know, the, the Polish brothers are clearly a very specific kind of esoteric lane that they don't really they just don't fit anywhere. And it's just, it's a bummer. So what I do think is that this movie looks amazing for $500,000. I know you watched mm-hmm. it on a shitty YouTube um, version, um, but it's it's exceedingly well shot. It's really beautifully made. Um, so you got, you got to really hand it to them on that. Um, I do think that the movie is probably a little too simple for its own good at times in terms of just, it's not... You know, there's not a ton going on now. Admittedly, like that's that's you know 
one of its strengths, but also can be seen as a weakness. Um, but there's a real tenderness for the characters, and I do think that that transcends any of its weaknesses. But all that being said, um, there's not much plot to talk about. Um, but uh, essentially, the film opens with um, Penny uh, showing up at the hotel. She meets Blake and Francis. Um, she does say, I have a doctor friend who can help maybe find out what's wrong. I think I know what's wrong, Penny. I don't know that I need a doctor to tell me that you, they're well, you, enjoying you, you, twins. That's not what you meant. They're, he's sick. Well, Francis is sick. Francis is sick, and her doctor friend is a John. So, right, right, right. right. And, and the whole thing, I think, was kind of interesting. But, and I think that I, I do love like that the, the actor that played the doctor, who I've seen before, and I can't. He was great. He was great. Yeah. He was great. I yeah. did. There is, and there is like a, there's a uh, kind of respect mm-hmm. and, and humanity sex workers and people who frequent sex workers yes, totally. that you almost never see. Like I agree this with guy that 100%. Is, th- this guy is not a quote unquote bad guy because it sometimes uses, you know, the services of Penny. Um, in fact, he's kind of, he's kind of lovely um and really he, he, sweet yeah i i don't disagree with anything about what you're why do i i need to know who the actor is though because it's actually driving me a little bit crazy um uh so bear with me a second because i do want to find out who he is um he was he's been in stuff and i'm just his name is patrick bow show um was a oh he was in that. carnival he was in oh you know who he was he was the father in panic room Oh, okay. Um, I like so him. He's a handsome guy. He's a good. He's a good-looking guy. Um, he is, he's yeah. cool. Um, but yeah. So uh, then we have like a Halloween party, which is a nice little set PC thing where mm-hmm. they go to the Halloween party and everyone's it was clever. Person. Like it's it, it, it just clever. It's clever enough. And... It's a way for her to get them out of the house, out of the mm-hmm. hotel room, out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated her kind of taking down her friend and being like, this is the one t- one day of the year where they can actually act like mm-hmm. normal people. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't take that away from them. Like that was a really nice scene. Yeah. Um, I thought that, as you mentioned, John Grease has this kind of lawyer pimp kind of character. He was like, <laughs> it's interesting. Yes. He, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was a lawyer pimp who also had aspirations of like being legit. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. I think he was, you know, John Peters was a hairdresser who's like, I'm going to be a producer one day. I think he's like, "Ah, this guy, if I I catch the right, the right rocket, I can, I can make you guys something. So, yes. He he sees these twins as a real, uh, you know, gold mine, golden goose, if you will, of, yeah. Um, Leslie Ann Warren plays their mom with a, has a really beautiful scene with the uh, great Penny. Leslie Ann Warren. Le- yes. Who uh, is in the limey as well, obviously in 99. And of course, in, you know, color of night. Sure. <laughs> Everyone's favorite movie, color of night. Um, she's great. She's got one really solid, really good scene where she kind of gives us the backstory on the delivery of these twins and, and, and what that did to her emotionally and the fallout from it. Um, and then, you know, you got this, as we mentioned in the Ebert review, there's this really beautiful bicycle scene, which is um, which is sort of led into with, I, I might argue, is the most haunting scene in the film is when they're being wheeled into surgery. 
Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a really powerful, sad sequence. Yeah, um, he's holding, and, you know, Blake is holding on and trying not to go in there. And I mean, why wouldn't he? You know, on one hand, they're given a basically Francis is going to die and Blake is given a 50% chance of surviving. Yeah. And, you know, I think they, the movie did an incredible job, an incredible job of having, you know, so they're getting wheeled into surgery and Blake is reaching for anything to try to stop them from, from like literally grabbing on things to stop them from going in. And they did an incredible job of making it not about Blake wanting to survive, more about Blake wanting to, I think, go out with Francis, which is something they say earlier, which is, you know, essentially we checked in together, we're going to check out together. Yeah. And that's, it's interesting that the, the 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 thing about the two of them riding bicycles was yep. something Ebert hit on because I don't like that thing. You didn't like that moment? I, well, no, because I think it okay. undercuts the central premise of the movie, which is or the central idea, which is the we checked in together, we checked out together. You know, uh, I wouldn't know any different. You know, I wouldn't know any different than being, you know, conjoined to this person. That that is Blake in particular, who's given more agency because he's healthy the whole movie. Um, that is his way of, of going through life. And like, I'm not convinced that, the, I, I believe there are some people who might want a world where they are riding a bike alone. I'm not convinced this guy does. And, you know, it's, like, I'm not convinced that that is his version of, of happiness. My, I think his version of happiness is, is, not being, is not being separated from his brother. It's growing old with his brother. I think he's, yeah. I, I do, I, my sense is that, that, is, that they, he has accepted that this is his life. And whether or not he likes it or hates it or whatever it is. And I understand, you know, the, the urge as a person who does not have a conjoined twin to be like, of course you'd want to be separated, but I'm not convinced of that. And I think that they yeah. do that in, over the course of the movie. And I think that is a bit of a half measure, um, almost like a, almost like a signal to us normies that he wants what we want. Uh, I, what we yeah. would want. I do think that I didn't, I didn't read the bicycle thing as perhaps binary certainly as ebert did um i didn't necessarily see it as a dream sequence of uh i didn't either maybe i'm i'm reacting more to ebert's yeah ebert sees it more as like a wish or a dream more yeah yeah, because it almost seemed more like it came from penny's point of view or just society's point of view like there's an element i watched it as just like this is what we think we they wanted now admittedly it does get very sort of uh, symbolic as they're sep- literally kind of like we see one up on a on a hilltop and we're starting to sort of see so to me it's more I don't know I, I didn't see it as literal as as Ebert did right. I saw it I more as either. yeah so but but it, it didn't it didn't bother me um it's a nice thing that I'm not sure is totally necessary or totally sticks it's you know reason for existing but you know it, it doesn't see it just doesn't seem of this movie because i think yeah. the last scene is so beautiful yes. um the last scene where penny goes and tries to find them after they've mm-hmm. kind of disappeared and finds them back at a farm where they also kind of keep the carnival performers mm-hmm. and she finds blake 
alive. We didn't know if he survived until that moment. Uh, with one arm, yeah, and one part of a leg. Yeah, part of a leg. The idea was that his that 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 the leg was his to control, and Francis's leg was kind of like wrapped around it, and it had not fully. It had kind of formed, but it hadn't Correct. you know separated. Yeah. So they amputated that as well, and he survived. And to their credit, they they left you with this impression of maybe Blake will be okay because Penny is able to kind of go into this role as his other half. Um, but it's not everything. It didn't end with a kiss. It didn't end with a romantic moment. It just ended with a beautiful shot of the two of them kind of walking together, mm-hmm. um, which was super appropriate for this film. Very, for like, sure. Very, and, and a very like reserved, restrained way to end this movie. And and sort of this, you know, their dialogue, their last sort of couplet is, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of, you know, <clears throat> uh, uh, an unhappy ending isn't necessarily an unhappy ending. It's just where the author decides to stop telling the story. Um, and and yeah, I do the rest think is that untold. That's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it I think it's wonderful. nice. Yeah, yeah. and it, that was um, Blake's idea the whole the, the whole time. I think there are things like that. That frankly, I think that that's a little heavy handed, and I think there were some images that were a little heavy handed, like literally when they are, you know, getting separated, you cut to Penny separating chopsticks. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, there's, there, yeah, there's some stuff that's just exactly. There's just some stuff that just feels like, you know, not with, with maybe with a stronger editor or producer, they might be like, you don't need that, but I'm more than willing to forgive it because Absolutely. the heart, it, it, it's hard as, completely in the right place yeah and, and, take and these I, characters so seriously like like this is like we would show this to film students and be like sincerity yeah. wins like please be sincere sincerity 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 mm-hmm. um irony is the worst uh unless you like are really really smarter than everybody else like if you're truly smarter than everybody else then you can be ironic but otherwise like yeah no, I, I, I and, think that and, this is and honest and emotional. I agree with you that film students should watch this film to see what you can, you know, what you can accomplish with five hundred thousand um, dollars. I mean, today, what you could accomplish with five hundred thousand dollars, as opposed, to, you know, what I mean, like now, this obviously yeah. would be shot on digital. It would, uh, you know, I'm sure it would sure, still you look could, quite good. You could do. The only thing is, you got to figure out how to how to build that thing that they have like yeah. put themselves in to be a conjoined yeah. twin, yeah. Uh, which is compelling. I think that I, yeah. I think it's believable and um, you only see it once. You only see their, their, their shared body once, but uh, yeah. yeah, outside I, of that. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that this movie, uh, I think it's a special film. I think it's a bummer that it kind of exists in some weird uh, purgatory streaming wise. I don't know why you can't rent it or buy it on iTunes um, or Amazon. I think that's a shame. We've, we've stumbled across this, you know, several times over the course of this podcast, you know, your, your girl on the bridges and what have you films that deserve to be last, you know, last night, what have you. Yeah, I think this falls into that category of like, yeah, that just, they deserve to have a proper fucking release. Like, I think it's crazy that they don't have it. I also think it's title is uh, a bad one. It's not great. Um, it's a little a little goodwill hunting in, you know, it's if it's the bad it. version of goodwill hunting. It's very goodwill hunting, I'm sorry, is the worst fucking title of all time. Yeah. But uh this is 
Twin Falls, Idaho, for those of you not not aware, is not re, has nothing to do with the city Twin Falls, Idaho. Um, there's not even a comma actually yeah. in the title. Correct. So it's twin because they're twins, mm-hmm. falls because their last name is Falls, and Idaho because they're staying at the hotel Idaho. Yeah. And not but the guys. real reason it's so bad, even it's a horrible title. But the yeah. real reason is so bad is because in the wake of Twin Peaks, it yeah, makes yeah, you think yeah. it's a different kind of movie yeah, going yeah, into yeah. it. Now it teases that. I think it's playing with that, but it also, you know, to me, there has never been nor never will be a successful Lynchian movie made by anyone other than David Lynch. It's like you just can't do it. Now I'm I'm not saying it's impossible, but I am saying like David Lynch imitators make me want to vomit usually. Well, it's and just I have fear. I just to finish. I fear that that's what we were getting into the entire yes. like yes. a movie that a movie that echoes Twin Peaks in its title. Yeah, literally like using the name of a town with the term twins in it. That's about conjoined twins. I'm like, this is going to be something that will not make me feel good. Yep, and no, it made I, me feel. Look, it, it made me feel not good, but in all the right ways. You know. The Lynch thing I want to unpack for a quick second here, because I do think it is something that ever since David Lynch came on the scene, there have been imitators, right? There have been people that have tried to sort of do what he does. And, and the reason that David Lynch is David Lynch is because it's not a bit. It's, that's exactly right, dude. You just nailed it. It's but not a David bit. Lynch is David Lynch. And when he talks and when he's doing what he's doing, this is from his soul. This is... He is a fucking artist. Other people trying to be quirky and weird. Oh, it's just totally it's, right. It's it. It's just not. I just yeah. Anyway, I, I I do think that. But to your point, I think they're cognizant, and by them I mean the Polish brothers of what they're trying to do. They're trying to swerve away from him, even though they kind of lean into it in the beginning. Um, the title is bad. The title is bad for a bunch of reasons. What you said about Twin Peaks, but also uh it's just it doesn't elicit anything good it's all boring like these are three things that just don't work yeah um, it's unfortunate I mean, nothing's worse than idaho so it's <laughs> so, yeah. it's funny i'm I'm trying to like I, I i i'm trying to figure out what the best like lynchian movie is you know that oh that that rips him off i see yeah, yeah. that 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 yeah. is trying to do lynch that's not question. directed by lynch and I'm Googling it a little bit, and the movies yeah, that they're giving me are not satisfying. Not that they're bad movies, just that they're not like, I mean, the, there's an IMDb list. The top one is Donnie Darko. It's like, that's not Lynch. Like, that's just, that, there's, that's not Lynchian. Yeah, it's, it's not totally Lynchian. I, I do feel, because here's the thing about Lynch, too, is that, like, he's, he's like a fucking crazy, weird Terrence Malick. Right, like because I totally this, like, agree with you. Right, like there's this very kind of like dreamlike yeah. uh, um, stream of consciousness kind of vibe to him. So I don't know that like there's other people that are trying to do that. Really, it's because they. It's because and this speaks to this Polish brothers thing. Maybe this is the best fucking Lynch movie that's not a Lynch movie because like maybe yeah. his movies are David Lynch's movies in general are deeply fucking sincere. Yes, like you yes. said, it's yes. not a bit. Yes. 
they're deeply sincere. And mm-hmm. I think people who haven't really like engaged with him and are just like, this is the wild guy yeah. who has Dennis Hopper and hail fucking, you know, whatever he's inhaling and yeah. he does crazy, you know, murder yeah. shit. And uh, I think people think that David Lynch just means weird, weird. and, yeah. and, and also like, I, I I I fear that David Lynch has given some dummies uh, a little a little bit of car blanche when it comes to like not actually wrapping their stories around something that that makes sense to them. You know, it's like, well, you know, what does it matter? Like Lost Highway didn't make any sense. <laughs> I love Lost yeah. Highway. Who knows? Um, no, it's it's. Yeah. It, but all these movies are like so incredibly heartfelt that I think like this. If this isn't really Lynchian, it's only Lynchian the way that like the straight story is Lynchian, right? But like um, this, or The Elephant Man, actually, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of like a real like Lynchian movie, I don't know if anybody well, I, would even dare. Come to mind. Anybody, I don't know if anyone good would even dare. You know? Two things, I agree with you. Two things come to mind. The first is, I do think that A24 has sort of made a cottage industry of art horror films that could, you know, I mean, your Ari Aster's, your Robert Eggers, these are guys that do yeah, exist yeah, a little yeah. bit in the Lynchian world. Oh, so I, I was, think th- I was thinking Midsummer, Midsummer a little bit. Right. Uh, and I think you're probably even more right about Eggers. The other parts, the other movie that comes to mind, and we talked about this when we did the episode, but but Eyes Wide Shut does have Lynchian vibes at times. Um, it's it doesn't go full bore nightmare uh, in the way that that Lynch can, and it and it's not as sort of quote unquote weird and quirky. Um, but there's definitely the 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 dreamlike quality, the way people speak in it do have Lynchian. Um, vibes i think lynch could have made eyes wide shut and it would have right. been a very similar film right uh, but cooper I, couldn't make a david lynch movie i agree with you. cooper could have, and you know i don't think he'd want to he he does his own thing i mean he's kubrick yeah. you know yeah. kubrick like it, it's it's funny that we say that right i think lynch yeah. can make a kubrick film kubrick couldn't make a lynch film and kubrick is a superior director to lynch <laughs> yeah. so figure that one out <laughs> yeah. 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 no i i i it is the thing about lynch that's so interesting is how like you know, art snobs, film, Twitter, what have you, that that have wrapped their arms around Lynch in so many ways, understandably, because he's such a compelling and interesting artistic visionary. Um, and yet at the same time, I do feel as though what he does is so specifically him that other people that even try to take a run at it are just doomed to fail. There are just some people that you kind of should just let be. I think John Waters is like that too. Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, you should, and even Tim Burton, though, you know, some people come closer to Burton, mm-hmm. but uh, like Sonnefeld has come kind of close to him here and there. Sure, sure. But um, there are just some people who you you shouldn't follow down their yeah. their their alleys. Yeah. You know, you if if you're inspired by these, you know, kind of visionary auteurs, uh, the inspiration should be uh, to create your own lane completely. If you're that kind of person. Otherwise, you are going to fail. There's a reason why Tim Burton, Tim Burton movies make $300 million and Tim Burton imitators never make any kind of fucking debt whatsoever. It's because like only he can do his thing the way he can do it. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. John Waters and David Lynch are two such specific voices that yeah. you're you're never going to get there. Um, Good luck. Shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't even try. Uh, do you want to rate this? I want to rate this. You go first. Uh, before the podcast, I gave it a 90. After the podcast, I'm going down just a little to an 88. Uh, I still think it is one of the best movies we've done this year and uh, a movie I could see myself watching again. And um, nothing like it, you know, to make a movie for $500,000 that uh, is ultimately kind of low concept um that that works as well it is it is a feat of conception and execution and uh i give them all the credit in the world um i'm sure they're too far gone at this point because they're making you know force of nature um but uh but maybe there's a world maybe there's a world where like you know they can come back you know it's interesting that like the, the guy think of in terms of a guy that pardon the phrase sold out uh, is David Gordon Green, who I'm confident yeah. whenever he wants could go back and direct a brilliant fucking, you know, yeah, I, A24 you know, movie. Yeah, uh, and I wonder if the Polish brothers could also do that. I mean, David Gordon Green is such a, he's such a fascinating filmmaker. I mean, to think that his career starts with George Washington and all the real girls. And, yeah. And, you know, and then he made your highness yeah it's yeah just, i was gonna say the 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 the, the, the getting high in the middle East, he must be he, he must be like someone it's it's someone who has those those two lanes and he also made halloween like he just must be just such a great fucking hang he must he must be you know he must, he must be. be so fucking smart it's so not precious and yep. so like so, just such an incredible breadth and depth <laughs> of knowledge <laughs> but like i do yeah. i think everybody wants this from him i think everybody wants him yeah. to make like a fucking masterpiece with some money behind it um i think i think there's an inevitability to him i mean he's already struck gold a bunch of times in different ways but like he, I, he's I he's a do special think fucking he's a filmmaker. really he's a really special guy your highness by the way underrated i think your highness is a i don't funny. think he's ever made a bad movie <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's capable. I don't, I don't think he's capable of like I don't yeah. love Pineapple Express, but like sure. I think like I mean, dude, look at it. He made like he made That's Joe. Crazy. He yeah. just threw Joe out there in the middle yeah. of like his like yep. making the sitter and shit. He's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a good bro. So in '99, as I mentioned, I saw this film. I liked it. Um, didn't love it. Probably would have given it like a I don't know a 65 or a 70. Like I, I thought it was fine. Um, watching it again before this podcast, I went up considerably. I was up at an 80, and now after this, I'm, I'd say I'm at an 82 or an 85, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's I think it is a special movie um, that deserves people to see it. Like period. You know what I mean? Like it is just a bummer that it's hard for people to see it. Um, it's a shame to see where their careers went um but you know uh it's 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 a haunting movie it's a beautiful tender sad movie um and and obviously you know with you having twins i'm sure that that hits a whole other level but still it's it's interesting i did the twin draft for uh the force five pod with our friend jason oh yes of course Uh and or not the draft the the list and i had not seen this and i guess it's worth saying or worth noting i that it would be in your five you think Definitely would be in my five. Okay. It would probably be number two. Wow. Number one was adaptation. 
Sure. And number two was Skeleton Twins. I think this is a better movie than Skeleton Twins. I think it would yeah. have been number two. I like Skeleton Twins, though. It's an excellent movie. Yeah. Excellent movie about boy-girl twins. What are twins. your other ones on there? Obviously, Stuck Jack on and you, Jill obviously. was somewhere in there. Uh, Stuck on You did not make the list. <laughs> um, his, his list was amazing. I don't want to give away anything from his beautiful, brilliant list. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back was on my list. And, interesting okay and uh okay. what was the other one it was um let me I'm see. Trying i to think mean, about movies about twins i can't even like movies about twins i mean you didn't put twins on there obviously i didn't put twins on there because it stinks and I, I didn't put dead ringers on there interesting uh, though i would probably though i had to all right so this is my final list adaptation okay. of skeleton twins social network Empire Strikes uh, sure, Back, sure, Jack sure. and Jill, obviously. Sure, sure, Jack sure. and Jill was going to be five no matter what. It was very important. I would have probably knocked... What about Parent Trap? Yeah, I don't love it. I mean, I've seen really? it a lot. I just don't okay. think it's a great movie. Okay, cool. Uh, I probably would have knocked Social Network, or I probably would have knocked Empire Strikes... I don't know, one of those two off uh, to put this on. Because like, I think Adaptation, Skeleton Twins, and this are yeah. great movies that are actually about I agree. twins. I, agree. I think Jack and Jill is also actually about twins. Yeah. Um, where I think Empire Strikes Back is like barely about twins and the social network, is, I really hope, we, we should release this late so that it can air first. Will, so I don't want to stomp yeah. on that. But yeah. where uh, the social network uh, is not actually about twins. But they're all like, I, I had one rule, which was essentially like, it can't be where the reveal is that they're twins it can't right, be right, 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 like right. that's not like the prestige, the prestige. right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an amazing movie, but like yeah. it, not treats about twins. Twi- yeah. it treats twins like they're a magic, tr- magic trick. And like they are. that's <laughs> <laughs> it's right, they are. So, it's uh, a scientific magic trick that's a crazy and J- thing. And J- it's true. And Jason, <laughs> to his credit, had a, a, a truly incredible list, but uh, not on that list was the movie that we're doing with him. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought him in. Twin, twin Dragons, not not uh, not. One oh, he had a legit crazier movie than Twin Dragons on there. That's fantastic. At number three, the, one of the craziest picks <laughs> I have ever heard in anything I have ever been a part of. That's fantastic. It, made, it kind of made me love him for life. It was like this guy is <laughs> this, this this guy is all right. You know? yeah, gonna, I mean, I'm excited to have him on for Twin Dragons, a movie I've never seen um but uh yeah. well it's actually a, i don't know if you know it's actually a 92 hong kong release and a 99 <laughs> a 99 jackie jackie chan boomlet american release which i'm very fantastic into. yeah yeah uh well that's listen um great i can't wait to have him on for it but yeah. listen we're we're we got we got lots lots more movies to cover there's also i think that um lola wants to come on for dead or alive so we need to which is i think also maybe a twin movie the Takeshi, yeah, Takeshi Mikkei movie? Oh, I don't know. Um, so that's also um, on the a list of uh, strange things to come. So, Love um, weird shit. Did you, are you looking it up? Uh, yeah, we're going to do two Takeshi Mikkei movies. Yeah. It I looks this. gonzo. That it's, looks it's, crazy. We'll have to, we'll have to really just discuss its, its eligibility. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a 2001 American release. We'll have to have a conversation. I thought it was 99. 99 in Japan. Oh, yeah. Well, then maybe we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, maybe all right. we'll, maybe well, we'll have to do uh, it on the Patreon. We'll do. <laughs> sure. Great. Uh, all right. Well, that was Twin Falls, Idaho, guys. Thank you for listening. All right. See you later. Later, man. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.